Hi, it's Mark from TLR. I'm here with Bernie Pollock, Pollock Automotive in Vancouver, Vancouver's best auto service experience. And we're talking cars. How you doing, Bernie? Doing well. So today's victim is a diesel 2009 Ford F350, a biggie, 6.4 liter diesel, had a cab mount replacement. What was going on with this diesel beastie? Yeah, so there was a couple of things going on with the vehicle. One was a drivability problem. Like the engine had some performance issues. Did some diagnostics and determined that the high pressure fuel pump had an issue. So that was what needed to be replaced. So where is the high pressure fuel pump? So that high pressure fuel pump is located in the valley of the engine underneath the turbocharger. The 6.4 liter is a little different than the 6 liter in that it doesn't use high pressure oil to boost the injection pressure. And uh, what they did was where the high pressure oil pump was located, they actually put a high pressure fuel pump instead. Smarter idea, less complexity, I think, even though it is still a complex engine. But nonetheless, the high pressure fuel pump is located way buried deep in the engine and requires the cab to be removed. So did Ford design these trucks for easier cab removal? Since it seems that so many, these are complex engines. This is a common way, an easy, fastest way to get at everything. So is, did they make it easier? Well, what I can say is that on the 6.7 liter, which is like a year after this, 2010, it was introduced. They definitely designed the cabs to be easier to remove on those vehicles. And I'm not sure on this particular model, but I mean, the six liter, we, we do lots of them and, and we have the cab removal procedure down pretty well, but the newer ones, they definitely designed with that idea in mind because they realized, you know, anything needs to be done, the cab's got to come off. So it's not really a huge job for us to take these off, even though it sounds incredibly intimidating. There's a few items to remove and they have made it easier. I just can't say in this model year, whether it's easier than say an 07. How did the cab removal process go? Well, removing it was a bit problematic on this vehicle. Several of the bolts, actually most of the bolts were seized and we had to cut the heads of all the bolts off so we could pop the cab off and then sort of deal with whatever was going on with the seized bolts after. What they do with the bolts is they, we'll look at a picture in a minute, the, the bolts are actually Loctited in place so they don't come loose. And so the Loctiting had basically kind of seized up and they use a, it's like a captive nut on, on the frame. So it was not really welded in place. It, it kind of floats freely. And so there was a tendency for it to spin, which obviously would have been a disaster. And, you know, so we cut them off and figured let's deal with it later. So that's kind of how it went. So when we're talking about removing the cab from a truck, basically there's a frame underneath the truck, the cabs on and bed are on top and you're taking the whole top of the truck off. Yeah, you basically remove the top where the where the hood and engine compartment, fenders, the passenger compartment. This is a four-door truck, which I mean, almost all trucks I realize nowadays are. And you basically just lift that all off the truck. A lot of on-frame vehicles are really not as difficult to remove as you think. It just seems like kind of a, a freaky concept. Actually, let's just look at some pictures right now and we can keep talking. So the other issue we did find is the cab mounts were really badly worn. That's why we're doing this podcast. I mean, we lift a lot of these cabs off and we don't normally find cab mounts worn, but you can see this rubber here is completely disintegrated. This is the bolt that was left over that we cut off. So you can see the Loctite on the top of the bolt. And what we ended up doing is sort of heating the bolt in such a way so it kind of freed the Loctite and then we we're able to remove the bolts. It took a lot of extra time to do this, but we were able to successfully remove it. Now you can see the frame is welded in solid. So there's no way to change the captive nut short of cutting the frame open. So it was kind of like one of those things where we had to make sure we did it properly.
It's a threaded bolt that goes into the nut that's on the other side of the frame that we can't see. Exactly. We're actually looking up into the cab of the vehicle here because the frame of the vehicle, right. this is where this would be sitting. So uh, this is like the frame of the cab, basically. Let's look at a couple other pictures. So this is another view of a, of a different mount that's all crushed up. I mean, they all kind of look the same, but it's kind of surprising. And, and the body uh, sits right on top of those. Body sits right on top of these, yeah. Yeah, so this is a cushion mount. So because if it, if it wasn't cushioned, you'd feel every bump, every bump and rattle would, would be felt throughout the inside of the vehicle. It'd be exceptionally rough, even though you know it is a one-ton truck, it's obviously going to be rough to uh, begin with. And there's a picture of our new mount. So you can kind of get an idea. What, is it, what does it look like when it's new? Well, that's what it looks like when it's new. You can see a nice, perfectly symmetrical piece of rubber that's not all mushed out and destroyed. One last comparison, old, new. Was there any other issues that you ran into when you were changing the damage after the damaged bolts were replaced? No, the mounts themselves are pretty easy. They just kind of stick on top of the frame and then they get squashed in as you drop the cab down and then bolt it up. So once we got the bolts removed from the cab, everything else was pretty straightforward. Were there any other issues once you had the cab off and were working on the fuel pump? No, the fuel pump went successfully. Well, the, that replacement was successful. We did that. One other issue we did run into afterwards though, was that the vehicle still had some running issues. We, we changed fuel filters. There's two fuel filters, one under the hood and one under the vehicle, which was kind of easy to get with the cab off. It's usually a, kind of a pain to access. There was a lot of guck in that filter. Anyways, to make a long story short, it turned out that the actual low pressure fuel pump had gone bad also, which is located in that same area as the lower fuel filter. It's called the horizontal fuel conditioning module. I always love saying that, the HFCM. I don't know these engineers come up with these weird words, but the horizontal fuel conditioning module. It's basically a fuel pump, a water separator, and a fuel filter. It's a fuel conditioner. It's really weird. Anyways. So its job is basically taking fuel from the tank, the fuel tank transferring it through the vehicle up to the high pressure fuel pump. Exactly. That's exactly what its job is. Yeah. And then in addition to that, so we replaced that and everything is running fine. And then out in the road, it kind of bogged down again on us. We figured maybe we have a fuel guck that's in the fuel system. Maybe there's a, an issue in, in the tank, maybe there's some contaminants because it certainly looked like. So we pulled the tank out, cleaned it out, found the fuel strainer was partially plugged too. So cleaned the tank out, replaced the strainer, put it all back together ran like a dream. So the, I guess we're drifting a little off of the cab mount situation here, but I, you know, we think the high pressure fuel pump probably was damaged by the lack of proper fuel pressure from the low pressure pump and the, and the guck. So it's always important in a diesel, you know, get good quality fuel, make sure you change your filters. And this customer is actually a pretty good maintenance client. So it may be that he picked up some bad fuel somewhere along the way that does happen from time to time. Somebody doesn't grind the bones quite enough in that dinosaur juice. That's right. Yeah, exactly. The, the distillation process didn't quite work so well. So anyways, you know, we don't see fuel problems. Like you know, I've talked about, like a lot of gasoline engines don't even have a fuel filter anymore like they used to. And, you know, it, it tells me that at least the process of fuel manufacturing and distribution is very clean compared to what it used to be 30 years ago. But, you know, diesel, it's subject to crap forming inside it too. So you got to be careful. Are these 6.4 liter diesels compared to other Ford diesel engines? Yeah, I, th I think they're pretty good. I mean, there are definitely less problems than a six liter. I mean, the vehicle is about 220,000 kilometers. I think we did the service. We've serviced this vehicle for many years for this client. This is the first major problem he's had with anything. So that's pretty good. If you consider a six liter up to 220 Ks, you may have spent, you know, 10 or $20,000 on repairs.
Maybe. And some people with six liters have spent nothing even up to that deal, but those are the rare exceptions. And I think the 6.7 is a better engine than the 6.4. It's pretty decent. If you need some service for your diesel, any maker model of diesel in Vancouver, the guys to see, the experts are Pollock Automotive. You can book online, pollockautomotive.com. We have hundreds of videos on there. Check them out. They're good. We've been doing this for 10 years. 10 years, years we've been doing this. Almost a thousand videos, all makes and models and types of repairs. Or you can call 604-327-7112. Almost always they answer the phone. Sometimes they get too busy, but most of the time you'll actually have somebody to talk to. No voicemail jail. Yay! Call them and get booked. They will ask you some questions. They'll make sure they're ready for when you show up for your appointment. You can check out our YouTube channel, Pollock Auto Repair. All the videos are on there as well. We thank you for watching and thank you, Bernie. And thank you, Mark. Thanks for watching and listening. We appreciate it.